0: Listening to the Vintage Church podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Well, good morning, church. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and celebrate if you want to celebrate. How about these guys, huh? man, what a way to begin this Resurrection Sunday. It's Easter, and y'all look pretty. Um, It's Easter Sunday. And you know, this, this, you know, and I know Jesus is just alive next Sunday as he was last Sunday, and his, he will be from every Sunday until he returns. Come on, somebody. But I think there's something special about us pausing to remember this day. I think there is something unique. I mean, I know that, that there are some people out there, well, every Sunday is Easter Sunday, and I get it. But this, this, once a year, at least once a year, for us just to solely focus on the event that changed human history, right. to stare at it in a deeper way than we ever have and realize that Jesus has conquered death. <laughs> and I know for, for many of us in the room, like, like, today is, we, we just, you woke up, some of y'all, I saw on social media, y'all ain't been up that early in years. It's 5.30. Here's risen I haven't, but I'm laying in the bed tweeting. And it's just something special about this day. And, and you know, I, but I also get, there's some people in the room that, that maybe your perspective on why we're here is a little bit different. And I'm glad that you're here. Because I think God's about to speak something into your life that's gonna radically change it from this moment on. Somebody's life's about to get wrecked in Jesus' name in this experience today. But this week, I've been, you know, as we look at this week, and 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 for us on this side of it, thousands of years later, with, with the benefit of Scripture and the Holy Spirit working in our lives, we we have a different perspective on what happened on this day than even the people who originally lived it. And I I, I reread all the gospel accounts of of what we know as Holy Week. And maybe you didn't grow up in church, you don't know what Holy Week is. Holy Week is this last seven days of Jesus' life. And if if you really look at it from the perspective of what we know as the disciples, and maybe you didn't grow up in church, there's a group of people in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and beyond called the disciples. They were ordinary, average men who Jesus just called to be a part of what he was doing. And he spent about three and a half years pouring into these men, and they were just average dudes. They were fishermen and tax collectors and and people that came from really average walks of life. And this week for them was a roller coaster of emotions. Anybody ever had a week that's a roller coaster of emotions? Like anybody here, like Monday can be awesome and Tuesday can just hit the fan. Come on, somebody. I know some people are like, dude, nine o'clock can be good and noon can be terrible. It's like my week is bipolar. Come on, somebody. But it started on Sunday where they had this awesome celebration that I don't even, and the, the thing is, the whole time they go through this week, I don't think they understood it. So if you're here today you're like, this music's really loud and I just about had a seizure because of those lights, but it's awesome and I don't really know why. Like, I think they're even, as they're going through it, they're confused by it. They're struggling to understand it. It starts off on Sunday when they borrow some guy's donkey that they don't even know. And Jesus rides in on it in Jerusalem, and he gets the reception of a king. They lay palm branches down, acknowledging him as something extraordinary. And the disciples are walking around thinking, now this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is what I've been waiting on. Yeah, here we come. Yeah, we, we with him. And like, you have this celebratory moment in the presence of Jesus. I think some of us, we've had those, right? You've had those celebratory moments in the presence of God. You've had a, a, a moment, a service, an experience, a time when, when you felt really, really close to God and you, you felt like because of who you were in God, because you were close to God, like you were invincible. Like you ever had one of those moments, say amen, testify upon me? Five of you, awesome. Um, <laughs> like you've had those moments where you, you've been so close to Jesus and you've been close to God and, and like you felt like you were on top of the world on Sunday. But then Thursday comes, and Friday comes, and things seem to drastically change. See, Sunday quickly moved to Thursday, and Thursday had circumstances that caused denial. And just a matter of a handful of days, they go from this celebration where they're all excited about God to a Thursday moment, where they experience circumstances that caused them to deny Jesus, and just a matter of a handful of days, these men who stood right next to him, proudly, thinking, yeah, we're with Jesus. There comes a moment where Jesus is arrested, and it throws them into complete confusion, and the Bible says this, Matthew 26, 31, then Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock, will be scattered. Then everyone deserted him and fled. Mark 14, 50. So all these men who on Sunday were there close by, making sure they acknowledged they were with Jesus, and they were celebrating with Jesus, now they experience circumstances that cause them to deny him. Now he's arrested, and all of a sudden it's no longer celebration, it's chaos, it's confusion. And the Bible says that every single one of them abandoned him. Did you see that? Go back. Mark 14, 50. Then everyone. See, a lot of times we just put Peter in that category. But everyone. And now, again, let me be a good Bible scholar. I think everyone means everyone. Like all of them. And now here Jesus is about to go through the most intense evening a human can go through. And he's going to do it all by himself. And these men that he had just poured into and poured into and, and, and brought along for all these beautiful miracles, the, these men that, that he, had, he had shaped and he had formed, the, his best friends on this planet, they're nowhere to be found. They've slipped back in, into the crowd, and now they just find themselves watching Jesus from a distance. And there's a lot of people that would just prefer have a relationship with God from a comfortable distance come on somebody and then Thursday turned into Friday and it was no longer just some circumstances that caused denial now we're in full-on crisis that created doubt now they're in full-on crisis that created out created doubt cuz mark 15:37 Jesus is on the cross and it says with a loud cry Jesus breathed his last and now all of a sudden Jesus is dead Jesus is dead On Sunday we were having a great time we were we were celebrating we were we were living like kings We were walking with this Messiah that was being celebrated And now it's just been a few days. And now he's dead and he's gone. And you know what? The disciples behave like they believe it is over. They doubt that he's ever coming back. You know how I know this? Because they go back to what they used to do. And when you've had a crisis of faith that has caused such severe doubt, your natural tendency is to retreat to what you used to be. It's good preaching, Pastor Matt. Thank you, I appreciate that. That's what we do, right? We go back to the familiar. You know what Peter does? Before he met Jesus, he was a fisherman. Now that Jesus is dead, guess what he did? He went fishing. Maybe he's just a man, I don't know. He goes back, and he starts fishing. It's amazing how quickly we can go from Sunday and have this celebration, and then from Thursday to Friday to have this Crisis and these circumstances circumstances that caused denial and crisis that created doubt and then all of a sudden dawn breaks on Sunday morning and Something begins to happen Something begins to stir and all of a sudden now they have to face a comeback that would eventually inspire dedication we went from this celebration on Sunday to this crisis on Friday, and now all of a sudden there's this comeback that would eventually inspire dedication, but it didn't inspire dedication right at first. Do you remember Luke chapter 24? Pick up verse nine. It says, when they came back from the tomb, see what happened was, you know how they, I know, you would think after all the, Jesus had spent conversation after conversation, that hey, guys, I'm gonna to have to be crucified. I'm gonna to have to go to Jerusalem to die, but three days later, I'm coming back. So you'd think the disciples would have been like, it's Sunday! He's coming back. One, two, yeah, it's been three days! But when the third day dawns, you would think the disciples would have been outside the tomb, playing worship music, just like, woo, we're waiting for the stone to roll away. It's coming, it's happening. The rolling stone. I just made that up. <laughs> First service didn't get that good humor. But the only people at the side of the tomb are a few ladies. And you know what they're there to do? Basically embalm his body. They're not there, they're not there with excitement to celebrate the risen Lord who said he was coming back. They're there to make sure his body was ceremonially pr- properly prepared for death, and when they get there, guess what? He's not there, and now they don't react with excitement. They react more with confusion. They're, 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 they're more stunned that the tomb is empty than they are excited. Luke 24, verse nine, says, when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. You think that it came back like, Jesus is risen, oh, that's right. He told us that. They come back to these disciples, these men that had been there for three days, that had been with them for three years and it heard Jesus say over and over again, I'm dying, but I'm coming back. I'm dying, but I'm coming back. I'm dying, but three days later, I will be, I'll be raised from the dead. And these women come back and said, Jesus, Jesus' body's not there. And they're like, these women crazy. Since their words seem like nonsense, Then Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. So it'd be easy if you just stop there and think, well, Peter knows, Peter gets it. But look what it says, it says, bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now, most of us are thinking, Jesus raised from the dead, dummy. Like, that's that's what happened. Does anybody else find it interesting that Peter walks into the tomb that he knew Jesus' dead body had been laid? And his body's gone. And his re- his reaction is to wonder what had happened. He's, con- he's confused. See, Jesus has come back. And does anybody else find it inter- interesting that when the initial news of Jesus' comeback began to spread, the disciples' first reaction is not elation, it is not excitement, it is not joy. And I think I know why. And it's the same reason that maybe you came in here in this room today without excitement or without joy. Cause see, for some of us, we look at the resurrection and be like, Jesus came back, he's alive. But I, and that's our reaction is like, he's back. Look, can I maybe submit to you that the disciples, especially Peter, didn't think, he's back. He thought, he's back. And, And now what? Like, why is he back? Here, he's back. And over the last three days, all we've done is pretend like we never knew him. He's come back to life, and I did exactly what I promised him I would never do. I can just imagine the emotions that are rushing over Peter's mind and his heart. Like, his, I think Peter is, can I even speak to you? Maybe Peter's a little scared. Like Jesus is back, and he's gonna know that just like he said I would, that girl asked me, three different times I got asked if I knew him, and all three times I said no. He's back. And now he's gonna think, where were we when he was on the cross? Where were we when he was getting beaten? Where were we? He's, he's back. And all we all how disappointed must he be in me. Because I celebrated with him on Sunday. But I denied him on Thursday. And I doubted him on Friday. So what do I do now? It's like it it wasn't just that he came back. I think they're wondering, like, like why did he come back? Because I think, can I submit to you that I think that their first reaction was, Jesus is back, and on his mind is revenge and retribution. He's coming back, and he's coming after us because all we did was deny him. I mean, he spent three years investing in us, and in just a matter of days, we bailed out on him. And maybe, maybe the reason why their initial reaction, even though they know, I don't think they doubted he was alive. I think they knew he was back, and they were like, oh, no, now What? Because all we've done, he has to be disappointed. He has to be broken. He has to be just devastated. We swore to him we wouldn't abandon him, and we did it, we did it anyway. And then Jesus shows up. And now, it's not just that he came back. He goes to them, and he begins to speak into their lives. Look at Luke chapter 24. It says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Then look at verse 39. It says, look at my hands and my feet, it is I myself, touch me and see me. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Let's keep reading. And while they still and while they still did not believe, it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, "Do you have anything to eat? I'm back and I'm hungry. It's been 3 days." That's how alive he was. He was so alive, his belly was growling. Come on. They gave him a piece of broad fish. You are my witnesses of these things. I'm going, to send you, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. See, the comeback that inspired dedication wasn't just that Jesus came back. It wasn't just that he rose from the dead. It's that he came back, not with revenge and retribution in his heart, but with restoration and redemption. Jesus said, I'm back, and guess what? So are you. Like, I'm back, and you know what? I know that you had a season of doubt. I know you had... times when you denied me, and I know that maybe you thought that all that would somehow disqualify you from that plan that I told you about before I left, but now that I'm back, if you'll see, you'll, you'll understand that it is really me, and I have returned, and what your position is now is to go tell people that I did come back, and even though you doubted, and even though you denied, guess what? I still have a purpose for your life. I'm still welcoming you back into the fold of my family, and you still have purpose. That's what inspired dedication, not just that he came back, that when he came back, even though he should have, came back with revenge and retribution, instead he came back with restoration and redemption. And that is what changed everything for the disciples. And I'm here to tell you that he extends the same invitation to you. Yeah, maybe you had a Sunday moment at some point in your life where you were walking stride for stride with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But somewhere in life, you got dealt a Thursday moment where circumstances just lined up the wrong way and you denied Him. You had a season where you just lived like He didn't exist. You had a moment at 14 where you accepted Jesus and then you went to college, and went buck wild, and strayed, and did all those things, and you moved away from God. Or maybe you're here, and you had a Friday moment, where you had a crisis of faith that caused you to doubt everything you had ever believed. And maybe you walked into this room thinking, the only way God can feel about me, given what I've done, is revenge and retribution. I've spit in his face, I've denied him, I've walked without him, I've given up on him, I've ridden the spiritual roller coaster my entire life, and maybe you think that his comeback is somehow for the purpose of revenge and retribution, and that's kinda how you see God. God has to be mad at me, God has to be disappointed in me. Matt, if you only knew all the stupid things that I had done to show him that I wasn't worthy, there's no way that I'm still qualified To come back. And Jesus is looking at you and saying, here's my hands. Here's my feet. Because today, it's not just about his comeback. It's about yours. The resurrection is an extended invitation to come back. And God's looking at you today, on this Easter Sunday, and he's saying, it's time to come back. It's time for you to come back. It's time for you to come back. Maybe it's time for you to come back to the intimacy we used to have. How how deeply in love we used to be where you would pray to me and you would seek me and you would involve me in your life. Or maybe it's it's to come back from death to life. See, what Jesus did wasn't to make bad people good. It was to make dead people alive. And maybe your comeback today is death to life because you've never accepted what he did for you until this day. That's the power of the resurrection. That's the, the comeback that inspired dedication from the disciples it was not just that he returned. He allowed them to as well. Would you bow your heads close your eyes with me? Hear this verse from Isaiah chapter 44. Isaiah 44, verse 22. It says, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. It's time to come back. Will you come back? Are you ready to come back? If you're ready to come back today, would you do me a favor, just rise to your feet, saying, I'm coming back. Jesus, I'm coming back, stand up. If he walked out of the grave, you can get up out of that chair, I'm coming back. I'm coming back, I'm coming back. Yeah, I've had seasons of doubt, I've had crisis that caused me to doubt my faith. I've had circumstances that that created, that caused denial. I've had these things in my life. And for so long, I thought that because of the things I did, because of the situations that got the best of me, that God was nothing but angry and disappointed. But I know that he is still extending a nail-scarred hand to reach out to me, to pull me back unto himself and live in relationship with him. You ready to come back? Stand up right where you are. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. It's time to come back. That's what today is about. It's about your come back. It's you giving an, getting an invitation from Jesus Christ to come back and experience life in Him for the first time or maybe once again. Those of you who are seated, would you join those who are standing? and I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna worship once again. Would you just take this time and hear the beautiful lyrics of this song and let it be an anthem of your heart today as we come back to who Jesus has created us to be. Father, use this time to speak love and mercy and grace and new life and a freshness into our spirit. Move on us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.